Greg Joseph for the NFC North. And the kick it's good. is good. Hey, everybody. He's John. She's Holly. I'm Hans Gruber. No, wait, that ain't it. He's Al. I'm actually Theo. Just call me Ted. And she is Deputy Chief Robinson. No, this ain't Die Hard, but it is the best Christmas movie ever. But we are Vikings Report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, how you doing? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. You really think you have a chance against us, <laughs> Mr. Cowboy. Cowboy? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? <laughs> Come on out to the coast. We'll have a few drinks. We'll have some laughs. The greatest Christmas movie ever made. And Ted, if you meet anybody that says it's not a Christmas movie, get those people out of your life immediately because they are negative. You do not want that in your life. Now, please listen very carefully. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It doesn't feel like Christmas to me until Hans Gruber is dropping off the top at Not the Christmas <laughs> Plaza. Now we can start the Christmas season. Yes, yes, and we won the division last Saturday. Yeah, we did. Now it's going to be Aaron Rodgers falling from the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> That's right. Adios. Oh, wait. Yippee-ki-yay, whatever, dude. <laughs> What a great, great move. Good choice. We thought about this like back in April. We wanted to do this for Christmas. You know, last year we did kind of a Halloween theme. We did a couple Halloween things this year. We try and get into the spirit of the season, and you can't really get into the spirit of the season until Al's confessing his soul on the radio about how he accidentally shot a kid on Christmas Eve. I shot a kid. You know, when you're a rookie, they can teach you everything about being a cop except how to live with a mistake. So, you know, whatever. All right. Ho, ho, ho. Remember this guy? Yeah, I sure do. One million terrorists in the world. I got to kill one with feet smaller than my sister. <laughs> you know, that whole fight scene, that first fight scene where he gets the detonators off that guy, that whole fight scene was emblematic of the Vikings-Colts game Sunday because that detonator dude was kicking John McClain's ass until the very end where he fell down the stairs, landed on his neck, and squeeze the life out of him. That's, that's kind of how the Vikings beat the Colts. Like, they just sort of back down the stairs. The next thing you know, the break of the neck of the guy. This is exactly how it happened. They took his cigarettes off and said, these are really bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie, Ted. I love it. I love the Vikings are 11-3. and three. Yep. Thank you all for joining us for episode 84. Little Randy Moss tonight. Gene Washington. That about covers yep. 84. Yep. Second and three. They send Moss in motion, and he's trailed by Seahorn, who then blitzes, and that leaves Moss wide open. And Randy will walk his way into the end zone. Welcome to the party, pal. But thank you for being here. Please like and subscribe before we get going. We got a big show. We got Die Hard, and we got the Vikings who are Die Hard as they play. Tomorrow, again, against the Giants. Yes, we do. And real quick, as always, please go to our message board affiliate, purplepainforums.com. Purplepainforums.com, just a fantastic Vikings community. Just proud to be associated with them. And, and then go check out our website, vikingsreport.com, vikingsreport.com. 
It's got sections with all of our contests. You can enter your weekly contest information there. You can do it in the comment section down below here on, on our YouTube channel. But you can also go there and check out the prize vault. And one really important note. This Saturday, well, tomorrow, the Minnesota Vikings take on the New York Giants. And we normally do a post-game show. We are not going to do a post-game show tomorrow because it's Christmas Eve. Look, I, I'm lucky I'm going to be able to see the game tomorrow. I got all three of my daughters in town. Got a lot going on. So we will be no live post-game show after the Giants game. But we will return to our regularly scheduled programming next week in honor of harry ellis booby <laughs> han <laughs> booby hans booby i'm your white knight <laughs> ellis you don't know what you're doing get out of there <laughs> ellis is the diehard version of jeff saturday that's that <laughs> you know what ted let's do a little recap on that Colts game. Let's tell the people exactly how the Vikings won it. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, that about covers it, folks. <laughs> Complete breakdown. We knew exactly what happened. The Vikings had it all the way. Never a doubt. You may have heard already. I've kind of got a frog in my throat. My voice is still kind of recovering from doing all the screaming and hollering. We could hear you last week. We heard you way off in the distance like you're in another room of the house or something. So what Ruby does is she sends a link for the live postgame show when I get everything set up. And it, it's usually a fair amount of time left in the fourth quarter. And I, I'm over in another section of the basement. And my TV where I watch is over on the other side. And I just make sure everything's set up. And I put everything down. And I go finish watching the game. And they're saying they could hear me like all the way out in California. Like, like literally you said you could hear me all the way out in California. I could. I could hear you. All right. Ruby, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I got a tidbit for Die Hard. Yeah. Not sure if you guys knew this. I thought it was kind of interesting. So when they came out with the movie and they did like the cover for the posters and everything and all the marketing, mm -hmm. they did not put Bruce Willis on it because they didn't think that people would come and see the movie if it had him on the cover. So really? all you see in the first drafts of the poster is just the Nakatomi Plaza. Really? Yeah, because wow. he, he was known, you know, for moonlighting, being, oh, yeah. you know, goofball. Right. That's right. Yeah, that was like his initial, like, tough guy. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so if you go back, I'm sure we'll put a picture up. Yeah, he's not even on the, the front. And now, you know, how many badass movies has he played since then right so did you like any of the other Die Hard movies or was just the original Die Hard the one for you guys I liked them all I liked them all did you the first two or three were okay I don't even think I saw it. there were like five I think I never saw the last oh there was I only saw like three so yeah I, I saw it first three but anyways all right so look like Drew said we got a big show tonight we got some news we're going to talk a little bit of playoff stuff we got our preview and we've got Drewster's Millions this week no trivia this week because we want to get the show out on time hey Ted yeah how the hell are we supposed to do a breakdown on a preview of the Giants game when a four eight and one Colts team had us down thirty three to nothing? I can't break games down like that. I can't do it. Holy Christ! Gonna need some more FBI guys, I guess. We'll figure it out. We'll have to do something. Tell that to Takagi. I'm telling you, you're just gonna have to kill me. Well, <laughs> you're just gonna have to kill me <laughs> before we get going. Yep. Drew, what time is it? Ted, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and get some more of those FBI guys and light this candle? He's right. Now I've got a machine gun. Ho, 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 light this candle. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. 
Resume the countdown. <laughs> We're so dumb. We are so dumb. <laughs> oh, my right. God. That movie has so many one-liners in it. Oh, it's just a tremendous, tremendous movie. Holly Gennaro, smash or no smash on the smash meter? Uh, yeah. Okay. We have to go get that out of the way before we start. Welcome, everybody. Let's talk some Vikings. Let's roll. All right. Let's roll like fuel rolled through that safe. <laughs> yeah. So injuries. Kevin O'Connell has mentioned it's one to keep track of. Eric Hendricks uh, had a lower leg hip contusion. Seems like it's day-to-day. Brian Asamoah got some playing time, so I would expect if Kendricks doesn't play it, Brian Asamoah would get a lot more playing time. The one that's really kind of starting to become a concern is Garrett Bradbury. He didn't play last week. It looked like he was on track to play when we recorded right. last week's episode. His back really never got any better. He practiced on a limited basis. But earlier this week, Kevin O'Connell said, it's a matter of the unique nature of lower back injuries. Sometimes it's hard to really predict. Hopefully, it'll be a bonus for us when we can get him back in there. That doesn't sound good. Please remember, we have left nothing to chance. No, I, I, I don't even know what a unique nature of lower back injuries. I've had a bad back for years, and I, I can't imagine being in back pain trying to play football. Well, what have you done the last few years that causes a bad back? Drink beer? I'm trying to lift my massive gut off the couch. That <laughs> takes a lot of effort, man. I wanted this to be professional, efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. But no, all those years of flying and helicopters and stuff, I just got, man, I just got aches and pains all over. Let's hope he's not ended up like Johnny Sullivan. That would yeah. not be good. So we'll see. But it, it looks like for the time being, Austin Schlotman will now be the guy they go to uh, as the starting center. Against Dexter Lawrence this week. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that here because oh, that's, that's going to be a big matchup. Uh, Kendricks isn't an out yet, is he? He's not out? No, not that I've seen, no. And I, I think that'll be something to monitor throughout the week. So You heard anything on Dantzler? He was a healthy scratch. They ended up playing Duke Shelley because Duke Shelley played a very good game you know last week. Oh, Duke Shelley's out to steal some jobs, I think. Yeah, I, I think he is too. I, I would not be surprised to see Duke Shelley start again this week, regardless of the status of Cam Dancer, because Shelly played a really good game. His PFF grade, I think, was overall this year, it's like 83, which, I mean, for a dude that they signed to the practice squad after the start of the regular season, you can't ask much more out of that. I know we kind of cover the, the Colts game on the post game, but I watch with the volume down on zero. You know that's how I watch my Viking games, because I mm -hmm. can't stand announcers. How did Sullivan's second fumble not count? The first one was forward progress. They, they whistled the play dead technically before he fumbled the ball. The second one, they blew the play dead. But when they blew the play dead, the ball had already come loose on replay. So it was clearly a fumble. Right. But once the play has been blown dead, if there's a clear recovery by the other team, they get the ball, but they can't advance the ball. You know what? The whistle blow is just a cop out half the time for those guys. Here's what the real problem is. And it's just bad officiating in the NFL all the way around. You've got guys that are 50 and 60 somethings trying to keep up with world-class athletes playing a game at bang, bang speed which is what she said. That's what she said. Merry Christmas. And they just, <laughs> they need to get younger referees. They need to get younger officials. And I, I honestly believe they need to be full-time officials that can be punished and, you know, docked game checks or removed from playoff crews. I mean, they did that to Jerome Boger's crew last year. It's ruining the game. I mean, that Sunday night game was terrible. The commanders got robbed yep, a couple yep. of plays. Every week, there's just three or four bad calls. You're going, what are they thinking? You got it. 
go back and revamp the officiating? And I'm surprised nobody at these press conferences asked Goodell that when he's at the podium. Yeah. Your officials suck. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Matt, and let's get some rock and roll the halftime show for the Super Bowl, man. I'm about <laughs> burned out on all these acts. I want some Pearl Jam in there, Iron Maiden. That's what I want. So those are my two changes for the league coming up. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson would break a hip. Imagine Iron Maiden up there doing the Trooper. No. No, there's no way the NFL would do that. All right, so look, the last vestige of last week, the, the most important thing other than the biggest comeback in NFL history, is that the Vikings clinch the NFC North. They currently sit at the number two seed in the NFC. With three games to go, to get the number one seed, the Minnesota Vikings would have to win out. Right. And the Philadelphia Eagles will have to lose all three of their games. Not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But until we know for sure, it's still a possibility. The big thing for the Vikings now is the second seed versus the third seed. The Vikes at 11-3 and three are one game ahead of the San Francisco 49ers at 10-4. and four, And they do not own the tiebreaker. If they end up with the same record at the end of the year, 49ers will end up with the number two seed because they have a better conference record since they didn't play head-to-head. That would be the next tiebreaker down. Your fourth seed right now is Tampa Bay, and somebody has to win the NFC South right now. They've got the best shot. Dallas clinched a playoff spot even though they lost the Jags in overtime. Wait, Dallas lost to the Jags? They lost in overtime, yeah. So aren't they frauds now? I would think so. Nobody's saying that, are they? Miami Dolphins lost a close one in Buffalo, and they're contenders, but the Vikings beat Buffalo in Buffalo. <laughs> And they're pretenders. I don't know. You tell me. I, I don't know what's going on. Texans took the Chiefs to overtime. Which means the Chiefs are obviously frauds. Yeah. It's all the Vikings, though. Everybody picks in the yeah. Vikings, but when somebody else blows the game. I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone else. I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC, even with Brock Purdy, a quarterback. Do you really? Their defense is stifling. So right now, the, the way the playoff seating looks is Philly one, Vikes are two, San Francisco's third, Tampa Bay's fourth, Dallas is fifth. The Giants, with their win over the Commanders, jumped to sixth at about an 87% shot to make the playoffs. And it's like a scrum for the seventh seed with Seattle at 7-7 seven and seven and Detroit at 7-7. Seven and seven. So my question to you, Drew Bunning, will the Minnesota Vikings hold on to the second seed in the NFC? Realistically, I think the Vikings should win two of those games out of those last three. I think this one and the one at the end of the year. But who knows against Chicago? What if they sit a bunch of starters and Chicago wins the game? Right. San Francisco... They're going to go 3-0, and which puts them at 13-4. and It does. And so we're going to have to win all of ours. If you say San Francisco's got the tiebreaker, we can't finish 13-4. and Right. San Francisco's really playing well right now, so I can't say whether they're going to be 2 or 3, but we'll either be 2 or 3. And the Giants are playing for a lot this week, too, so they'll be playing pretty hard on Saturday tomorrow. Yeah, that's what she said. That's what she said. I agree with you. I think 49ers will win out, and I think the Vikings win two or three. They're going to lose one of the two division games. The Vikings should be favored, but, like, division games on the road are just hard to win. It doesn't matter what division you play in. Sure. Division games are hard to win. Next week, it, this will be Green Bay Super Bowl, so they'll be playing pretty hard. And then week 17 will be Chicago Super Bowl, so they'll be playing pretty hard. I think they'll win two of those three games. I don't think they're going to win all three, and I think the 49ers sweep and the Vikes end up as a third seed. Then we get to the playoffs. Between Washington, Seattle, and Detroit for the seventh and final seed. I really like Washington's defense, and usually I'm going to side with the defensive team all the time. That's why I mentioned the Niners being the best team in the NFC because they got such a good defense. Mm -hmm. It's something about the Lions. They're feeling it right now. They are. And I think they might be the ones to edge out the Seahawks and the Commanders. 
Is Detroit for real? Or are they doing it with smoke and mirrors? What are they doing? I think they figured something out. I mean, they went from one and seven to seven and seven. You can argue that they're the hottest team in football right now. You don't have Washington overtaking the Giants. Not after last Sunday with the Giants winning that game. I, I, I think the Giants, they've got the better record, plus they got the tiebreaker. So, no, I don't see them doing that. So let's move ahead to the, the wild card round. So Philly, assuming Philly wins the, the top seed, they'll have a bye. The number two seed plays the number seven seed, and the number three seed plays the number six. The sixth seed is probably going to be the Giants. The seventh seed is going to either be Washington, Seattle, or Detroit. Who you got? Pick one of those teams, Washington, Seattle, or Detroit. I'm going to take the Lions, get in the last spot. I am too. So if the Vikings are the second seed, they would play Detroit. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If they are the third seed, they would play the New York Giants again. Out of those two teams, let's just say Detroit and the Giants, six and seven, because Dallas would play the fourth seed, Tampa Bay. Regardless of whether the Vikings are the second or the third seed, which team would you want to face the most and which team would you not want to face at all on that opening weekend? Giants, we match up really well with the Giants if we can control their D-line, as you're going to see tomorrow. I'd rather play the Giants than Detroit. I would, too. Lions are a better team all around than the Giants are. Yeah. If the Lions go and win out and finish 10-7, and they will have won nine straight games. It would be hard to argue that there is a better team in football right at the moment. I mean, the Vikings have stumbled. They've won mostly, but they've stumbled. The Eagles have kind of struggled in, in a couple games in recent weeks. I mean, the Lions, they're on cruise control, man. I mean, do we hope the Lions win out and the Giants fall so we can play them in the first <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. If we get the third seed, we play the sixth. It's almost like shoot the glass. Yeah, so it could be shoot the glass, man. <laughs> shoot the glass. Who would you like to play in that play? I would rather play, I think, Seattle out of all three of those teams if Seattle makes the playoffs as that seventh seed. The one team I, I really don't want to face, and I hope somebody beats them these next couple weeks, but I don't think they will, is going to be Detroit. They're really in a groove right now. If there is such a thing as a football mojo, they got it right now. They really do. So you think we're going to get the third seed? I think when it's all said and done, the Vikings wind up with the third seed. I think the schedule favors San Francisco. Look, on paper, I think the, the, the schedule is very favorable for the Vikings, but any game in the division is just is weird anyways. And the Vikings have this this voodoo, bad luck in Chicago, just weird stuff always happens there. Are they going to sit, guys, Ted, the last week? Well, you know, and that's something worth looking at, worth discussing. I mean, Kevin O'Connell has sort of hinted at that. He's like, look, we want to win our football games, but we also, now that we've won the division, we want to make sure we're entering the playoffs with a, a team as healthy as can possibly be. I don't think he's going to treat them like a preseason game at all. No, but but you got J.J. sitting on a pretty historic record. Yeah. That would be a hell of a record, breaking Calvin Johnson's mark. It wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings end up in a game like they found themselves against the Colts at halftime. If that result happens in the next three weeks, it would not surprise me at all for Kevin O'Connell to pull the starters and say, hey, look, let's not worry about getting anybody hurt. Let's just get out of here with a little pride and dignity and just kind of accept what's going to happen. The thing is, we're in. Yeah. I still want him to get the second seed because, look, assuming both San Francisco and Minnesota win in wildcard weekend, the three seed goes to visit the two seed. And if the Vikings are the three seed, they got to go back to Santa Clara. And we all know what happened in 2019 coming off that overtime win against the Saints. They went out and got they got beat down. That was a big beat down. You think we didn't control the line of scrimmage then? You yeah. Wait till you play them now. Look at the Niners defensive line at the line of scrimmage now. It's not even fair. One last thing I want to ask you about San Francisco. You think Brock Purdy's the real deal? No. You think he's smoking mirrors? You think it's going to catch up to him here pretty soon? He didn't even make the top 15 on the Drew Big Board. What does that tell you? 
He's played really good football. Well, he has, but I don't think in the long run he's the guy. When guys get thrown to the fire, they have a couple good weeks, two or three weeks, and then they start sputtering. But, you know, he's got a great defense behind him. And when you got a defense giving you the ball on a short field, you don't have to be Joe Montana. You just got to be Brock Purdy. They could still win every game with him. Philly's still the team to beat in the NFC? Or you, you like San Francisco better? Because of their defense, yes. And now that Hurts, we don't know how bad Jalen Hurts is hurt. I always go with the defensive team, Ted. And that's what scares me about the Vikings. That's not their strong point. If you fall down 17 nothing to them, you're not going to win. No, you're not. If they play the way they did in the first half against the Colts, the Vikings are going to get bounced. It'll be over by halftime, no matter who they play. If they play the way they did in the second half of that Colts game, they're going to win the Super Bowl, and it doesn't matter who they play. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. If you want to go and take a ride with me, if this team can put it together, they can make a run just as much as any of these other teams can, and they are very capable of winning it all. But like you said, their defense has got to be a lot more consistent. They can't get marched on like they have been. They, they've got to make stops. they got to have a little John McClain in them. Yeah, that's what my captain keeps telling me. Wrap that fire hose around your waist and jump the <laughs> hell off the building. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty much it for our Vikings news this week. Okay, yeah, I'm hearing from I'm hearing from the production truck right now. Robert W. Farnsworth is set up. He'll be ready to do his promo shot here from US Bank Stadium. Hello everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week our 2022 NFC North Division Champion, the Minnesota Vikings. Welcome to town, Danny Dimes, Brian Dable and the despicable New York Giants. Will the Minnesota Vikings take a bite out of the Big Apple, or will they leave in shame? We'll find out. Thanks, Robert. Like you said, this week, the Minnesota Vikings. Welcome to town, the New York Giants. The Giants, like we said earlier, currently sit with the number six seed in the NFC. Good chance the Minnesota Vikings could see these guys again come wildcard weekend, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see. So we'll move over to the side like we normally do. Ruby will put up our big board, which is our tribute to the old NFL Today program with Jimmy the Greek and Brent Musburger. As you can see, our categories start at quarterback and go all the way down to intangibles. First category, as always, is quarterback. And uh, if you pick Danny Dimes over Kirk Cousins, I am quitting the show. You're safe then. Your job is safe. <laughs> the only thing Danny Dimes be does better than Cousins is probably elusiveness and running. Yeah. If he starts he's running run. for first downs, he's a different quarterback. You yeah. can't give him the check over Kirk O'Change. You can't. Kirk's thrown for, what, 400 yards the last three weeks? Yes. Great games or whatever it is. He has better wide receivers. He may not run as good as Daniel Jones, but if your quarterback's running, you have a problem anyway. He gets the check mark. Pretty easy one there for me, Ted. Yeah, me too. What about the running game? It looks like the Vikings are back to the strictly cook running back thing. You know, yeah. it seems like nobody else is getting any carries, which is fine if he does what he did last week. He looked like the old Dalvin Cook. That was his best game of the season, I think. Mm -hmm. He had the fumble, but he certainly made up for it on that screen pass, didn't he? He did. I am kind of have concerns about Wang Chung. This is two seasons now where he hasn't seen any snaps at running back. Not one. I don't know what the deal is, but. You know, we don't seem to have a backup. I don't know where Ty Chandler is. Ty Chandler's like trying to find the detonators in Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> so, it's, and even Madison's getting his workload cut. So it seems to be all cook right now. The Giants are averaging 150 yards a game rushing. Vikings allow 120. You can't allow Barkley to get on track or you'll see what you see when he played the Redskins last week. Sorry, Washington. I don't know if you've seen at the end of the game when they were icing the game. Mm-hmm. 
He ran three straight 15 yard plays for first downs. Yeah. They only go as far as they, that he'll take them, but I still give the check mark to the Vikings for the run game. I'm going to give it to the Giants. Look, if you take Daniel Jones's running statistics out, the, the yep. Vikings and the Giants have pretty similar numbers, but you obviously you can't take those out. And the Vikings running game is is 28th, but I mean, they average 4.1 yards per carry. So well, that's not bad. But like you said, it's just all Dalvin Cook. I think Alexander Madison has barely 100 yards rushing this year. And the Giants are, are sixth in the NFL in rushing. So Saquon Barkley has come back from injury and has turned into a bell cow back, something sort of a dying art in the NFL these days. But so is Dalvin. Dalvin Cook's a bell cow back. I think Cook's just a little bit better. Barkley's younger. He'll be around longer. I like Cook's versatility out of the backfield as a pass catcher just a little bit more than Barkley's. But I'm going to give the edge to the Giants in the running game. Okay. Receiving game. Vikings, no question. I mean, you got Justin Jefferson. Is Justin Jefferson going to break the NFL record held by Calvin Johnson? How many yards behind is he? He needs something like 125 yards a game or something like that to break a the record. A game or total? Yeah, a game. If he averages 125 yards these next three games, he or something real close to that, he'll break the record. That's not easy. I think he is definitely going to have a 100-yard game. He's dialed in right now. The four Norsemen, as I like to call them, they were on again last Saturday, Ted. 28 catches, 354 yards, and three touchdowns. Yep. You couple that with the Giants kind of banged up secondary. If they could control the Giants' pass rush, I think the Vikings can make big in the pass game this week. Receivers are all to the Vikings, I think. What about the O-line? The Vikings only allowed 30 sacks last season, Ted. This year, they've allowed 41 already, 11 more with three games left. Really? Yeah. We haven't had the amount of sacks as we had at this time last year either, so both are on the other end of that. But on the flip side, the Giants have allowed 41 sacks. So both teams have allowed 41 sacks. So, you know, you can get to the quarterback, you can put him down. That's going to be a big, big part of the game. Love to have Bradbury back. Schlotman can't do it in the run game or the pass game, I don't think. I'm not very sold on him, Ted. Bradbury's not back. To Dax Lawrence is going to be in the middle. I think to a man, I like the Giants up front a little better, Ted. Yeah, to Andrew yeah. Thomas. Bredesen, who's from, that's right, Michigan. And oh. the big man, Evan Neal at tackle. And, of course, don't forget about don't forget about the center, Ted, John Feliciano. No relation to the great Jose Feliciano, Jose? Ted. No. <laughs> if he was, he'd probably have a hell of a time seeing the blitz coming at him. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. There is not enough. <laughs> Giants get my O-line checked out. I think I'm better up front. I'm going to give it to the Vikings. Christian Derrissaw and Andrew Thomas are pretty much a push. The Vikings are better at guard. Evan Neal's terrible. His PFF rating is like 43. Is it really? Yeah, Brown O'Neal's 83. Austin Schlotman, he's kind of like Brandle. You know, I mean, he's, he's a backup offensive lineman. And you ask him to come in and play a couple games. If he's going to get the lion's share of the first-team reps this week, I thought he did okay last week against a pretty good Colts defensive line. Terrible in the first half, really adjusted well in the second half. I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings here. On the defensive line, I'm going to take the Giants here. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, everybody saw what he did. He can do on Sunday night football. Dexter Lawrence might be the best. Behind Aaron Donald, he might be one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Leonard Williams is no slouch either. He'd be talked about a lot more if Lawrence wasn't on the team. And Aziz Ojolari isn't terrible either. Put those guys up against the Vikings defensive line. You know, Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Thompson are playing better football. But the Giants defense, man, 16th in passing yards, 29th in rushing. But that's still better than the Vikings. I'm going to pick the Giants here. The Colts got seven sacks against the Vikings. And they're not even near as good as the Giants D-line. So the Vikings better pick up the pace or they're not going to win this game. 
like you said, Ojolari and Thibodeau off the edges, Williams and Lawrence in the middle. If you watch that Sunday night game against Washington, Giants and Washington, the defensive line single-handedly won that game. Yeah. That was like Page and Eller and Marshall and Sutherland back in the day. They they were kicking the Redskins. I called them the Redskins again. They're yeah. kicking their ass. The defensive line for the Giants, I think, is much better than the Vikings three. They run the three four also, I do believe. They definitely have an advantage there. The offensive line of the Vikings better be on it, but the Giants get my check mark for D line. What about linebackers? You know, a lot of people rip the Vikings linebackers. I think they're good still. Kendrick's last two games or three games, he's been the Kendrick's of old. What do you have? Uh, last week versus the Colts, he had 12 tackles, seven solo, four tackles for loss, and a quarterback hit. He had a good game. Kendrick's had a good game. I'm still going to give the Vikings a check mark on the linebackers. I know Jalen Smith is a very good player, but McFadden and the other dude whose name starts with an X, I can't pronounce. What the hell is his name? On their depth chart, they only got two guys as their starters. They got Thibodeau sort of as a floater between the line and the linebacker. The other two guys are pretty pedestrian. I give the Vikings the check mark at linebacker because I think they're only going to get better these last this last month of the season. Yeah, I'm going to give the Vikes a check mark. It's going to be incumbent upon them when they make a hit that they bring the the ball carrier down. The one thing that's bothered me about, especially last week in the first half against the Colts game, Indianapolis ball carrier would get hit, you know, pretty close to the line of scrimmage. Looked like it's going to be a one or two yard game. And then he plows forward. And the next thing you know, they've got five yards. That's been kind of a thing for this defense. And look, if, if you're a defense that's that's had as much struggle getting off the field as the Vikings defense has this year, second and eight or third and eight is a heck of a lot better than second and four or third and four. And if the Vikings can manage to keep the Giants, especially the Giants, because Daniel Jones is not as terrible a passer as he was when he first came out of college, but he's not going to scare anybody with his arm. He can make all the throws. He just can't do it consistently. I would hope that if they can at least eliminate the run game, which the Vikings aren't bad at. I mean, on defense, they're 18th in the NFL in rushing yards. So, I mean, they're middle of the pack and they gotten better but it's going to be incumbent upon them when they make contact with the ball carrier to make the tackle and, and don't let them get that extra drive for three or four yards that said i'm still going to give the check mark to the vikings i just think they're a better group overall what about secondary you know we haven't we never give the vikings the check mark to the secondary <laughs> ted booby i can get to john mcclain you know what the front seven is not helping the vikings secondary the Vikings have seven sacks in the last four games, Ted. And every quarterback we play, we haven't pressured any of them the last four or five weeks. Not consistently. They pressured Matt Ryan a little bit in the second half. They were dialing up some pretty nice blitzes. But for consistently throughout a game, no. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the secondary, but a little quarterback pressure would help. Oh, Dory Jackson was the guy I was thinking of. He's their best secondary guy I think they have. He was out last week in their game, and I don't know if he's going to be able to go this week. The only other real talented guy they have back there for me is Julian Love leads the team in tackles with 114 is a very good tackling safety very smart player this week I'm going to give the Vikings a check mark Ted yeah I, I am too if Dory Jackson is out a guy by the name of Fabian Moreau will be like the best cornerback the Giants have and on that island of Dr. Moreau people are going to be able to visit and hang out because Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen or KJ Osborne against this Giants secondary is a complete mismatch in the Vikings' favor. When you add in Kirk Cousins, throwing to those guys, TJ Hawkinson as well, I like what the Vikings' secondary looked like in the second half with Duke Shelley and Patrick Peterson. I think they may have something there. Harrison Smith, I thought, played a great game the second half. They were starting to bring him up 
more to the line of scrimmage like he has done so often in the past, shooting gaps, you know, on, on a run blitz, making stops, creating havoc. If that second half secondary shows up, that's a good secondary. They sure look a lot more solid with Hitman Smith in there, don't they? They they do, yeah. There's something about it, something about it, him yeah. being on the field, and you know he's taking yeah. care of keeping people in position, but yeah. that week he was out, we really looked lost on a lot of patterns. So I'm I'm gonna like you remarkably. I'm gonna pick the Viking secondary here as well. Both of us? Yeah. All right. Red zone. Just over a month ago, the Vikings were 32nd on defense. The NFL. You know what they are now, Drew? 20. 16th. They've gone from the absolute worst to league average in just under a month, and that was proven last week against the Colts. The Colts had like maybe 45 drives inside the red zone, and they scored one offensive touchdown. Their other two touchdowns were the block punt and the pick six. So they only scored one offensive touchdown that entire game. Uh, so the, the defense, they played arguably, I mean, you're going to think 36 points. How can that be their best game? Other than maybe week one, I thought they played a really good game. Matt Ryan's face at the end of that game, it looked like somebody pissed in his Cheerios. <laughs> it was great. So Matt Ryan, you blew the biggest lead in Super Bowl history and now the biggest lead in regular season NFL history. Dude. What are you going to do for preseason? <laughs> all I had to do is put together one drive in the second half we wouldn't have had time but for the red zone I mean look the Giants are good they're eighth in the NFL on offense fourth in defense although the Vikings have gotten better I'm going to pick the Giants here I'm going with the Vikings just based on the uh offensive tools each team has down by the in the red zone okay Vikings can go to JJ Hawkinson they're going to cook out of the backfield not that Barkley's a slouch Cook out of the backfield, Thielen, Osborne, they can throw it to anybody. I don't know. Who do the Giants have? Spider Lockhart? Who do those <laughs> play? I don't know who's playing wide off of those guys anymore, but uh, Mario Manningham? I just like our weapons down there in the red zone better than the Giants. That's all. You kind of overlook Phil McConkey, great wide receiver for the Giants. That, that's true. <laughs> Phil McConkey and uh, Amari Toomer. Amani Toomer. Amani Toomer. And then the guy that shot himself, Plaxico Burris, ended up actually going to prison over it. Imagine going to prison for shooting yourself in the leg. How stupid are you? What do you expect from a Michigan State grad? <laughs> Boom! All right, special teams. We were singing hosannas of praise to the special teams earlier in the season. <laughs> Those hosannas of praise are now gone, and I am going to give them a lump of coal in their Christmas stocking. They are not playing good football at all. Ironically enough, the only redeeming part of the special teams is Greg, Joseph, and Mary in Bethlehem. <laughs> How's that for your Christmas reference? I'm going to give special teams to the Giants here. I'm giving it to the Giants, too, because the Vikings seem to have taken a step back, and now it's not a good time to be taking a step back with special teams. It is not. Fortunately, the one that hasn't taken a step back is Joseph. He's been pretty solid. Giants, special teams. Coaching. Two rookies. Yeah, Brian Dable and, and Kevin O'Connell, both really strong candidates for for not only rookie of the year for coaches, if they have that award, but coach of the year. Right. Lost in the wild, highly improbable comeback. Kevin O'Connell was terrible as a play caller in the first half and allowed the Vikings to get down 33-0. But he made up for it. I'm going to give the edge here to McConnell because, look, you've got to coach your nads off to score 39 points in, what, three quarters of football, two and a half quarters of football, whatever it is. But – one of the things that you have been complaining about, I'm kind of starting to agree with, is that he just gets really conservative with his play calling. Especially in the first half of games. In the first half. Brian Dable, I think, might be doing more with less. 
in terms of overall roster talent, but I think Kevin O'Connell is maximizing his talent in a way that I don't think Brian Dable could, if that makes sense at all. That makes a lot of sense. Last year when the Vikings were looking for a coach, Brian Dable was was the guy I hoped the Vikings would get. That was my personal number one candidate until the Harbaugh news sort of leaked out. But I like Brian Dable. I think he's going to be great for the Giants. I'm just going to pick Kevin O'Connell this week. Both these guys have done a fantastic job in their first year. This seems to be the two best hires in the offseason of any uh, any of the teams. Yep. I mean, I don't want to throw any grief towards Nathaniel Hackett. I was going to say, you're not a big Nathaniel Hackett guy. (laughs) Oh, for Christ's sake. I'm going to give it to O'Connell just because I'm a Viking fan and I'd rather give the check mark to him than Dable. Okay. Our final category and my own personal favorite, intangibles. I got one intangible. What's your intangible? The whiteout Saturday. Tomorrow they're going to have everybody in the crowd. It's going to look like white T-shirts. Vikings are going in there all white. And you got to admit, when they're in there all white, they look a tad faster. They do look faster. You you really think this is... Ah, Ted, it's going to provide power to the Vikings team. They're going to be fired up, enthusiastic. You're not going to see... Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. I was just curious to say enthusiasm. You're not going to see... You're not going to see a... The Vikings came out flat last week. It's going to be a college-type atmosphere. It's going to be like the big house on fire. They are going to come out in their... All whites, and that's the intangible. They're going to knock the Giants into a into a hole they can't retrieve from. I just don't think that the college rah-rah stuff works on millionaires and multimillionaires. Okay, I don't like what's coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> My intangible, I'm going to give to the Giants this week because they have not clinched the playoff spot. You know, you've heard Kevin O'Connell talk about, look, we, we want to win. Don't get me wrong, but I also want to be healthy for the playoffs. Brian Table, he's got to keep winning football games. They're not in yet. They haven't clinched. And the Vikings don't. Realistically, yeah, I'd rather be the number two seed, but there's no guarantee the 49ers would win on their playoff game in the wild card round. If you're Kevin O'Connell, you have to think, well, look, we can go to San Francisco and beat them. So I'm going to give the intangibles to the Giants because they just have more to play for, and the Vikings don't. So, all right. so. How do you see this game playing out, Ted? The key matchup for me, it's Dexter Lawrence versus Austin Schlotman, the interior of that line. That's mine! How do you do it? Then I'll talk about what I thought was the second, the Giants secondary against the Vikings receivers. The line play will play a part in that, but I I just think the Minnesota Vikings have a huge advantage in that regard. If Kirk Cousins gets time, he is going to absolutely pick the Giants secondary apart, but it all comes back to, will he have time? Can Austin Schlotman... Give him time with Dexter Lawrence, Ed Ingram, and, and Ezra Cleveland crashing down. And one thing I wanted to say about Ezra Cleveland, I meant to say in the preview, on that Dalvin Cook 64-yard screen pass touchdown, did you notice who was running yes! with him at the five-yard line? Yes! Yeah, I'm Ezra glad Cleveland. you brought that up. I saw it today in the replay, and I'm going, I, I rewound it, and I said, that's a hell of an effort. You are Ezra Cleveland. Exactly right. Good job. That's the kind of effort you love to see. Yes, big fellas. That's it for me. If the Vikings can do that, I think they'll be okay. I think that really falls in line with everything I have on my notes for the game. First thing with with Daniel Jones, I noticed I watched in that uh, commander's game. Daniel Jones likes to do that three step drop in the little eight yard button hooks and little dig routes. 
in the short zones, which has been killing the Vikings all year. Daniel Jones throws those. He doesn't throw deep that often. So the Vikings got to watch out. They've been getting burned on those short to intermediate passes all year. That's going to be a, a big thing for the game. But I think the biggest thing for me is if the Vikings can neutralize the Giants defensive line and they can keep Cousins comfortable, standing up, having patience and building confidence within himself. I don't think the Giants have much of a chance to win this game because they are pretty much one-dimensional team, too. They're not powerhouse offense. They're not an explosive offense, but they flip the field on you, and they have one of the best defensive, not only defensive lines, when they group together as the front seven, they're really, really dangerous. That's what it all comes down to for me. Chicks can't hold the smoke. If they can't block Dexter Lawrence up the middle, they're not going to win. Real quick with the right Reverend Jones, believe it or not, Oh, no. After every big win this year, I've expected the Vikings to come out and play well the next week, and they have not. Every time the Vikings have this emotionally exhausting game, they don't do well the next week. And this past week, largest win in NFL history. People are still talking about it two or three days after the fact. I think this is going to be a letdown game for the Vikings. I I think they're going to win. They're going to win two of the next three. I'd be surprised if they don't come out flat and just kind of struggle all game. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm going to pick the Giants. Okay, again, I don't like what's coming out of your mouth right now. (laughs) And I'd like you to backtrack on that a little bit because the Vikings are going to win this game. I'm not going to say the Vikings can win any game by 10 points because they apparently can't. How can you not guess anything but a one-score game at this point? I think the Vikings still get it done. I'm taking the Vikings to win. All right. So there you have it. We'll take a quick break, come back with Roosters Millions, and wrap the show up. John. Dead batteries, empty streets. Welcome to Advance Auto Parts. I need one of those. Is there another way out? Um. Did you know we have free installation? Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Argon? <laughs> oh man, I just paid this out. We're getting out of here, buddy. Just gotta change my battery. Argon, get out. That's my line. We are back with Brewster's Millions and Skull Vikings. Yeah! Yeah! 
All right, we are back with Drewster's Millions. I lost a big bet last week, Drew, didn't I? Yeah, you lost 275 last week. I got three weeks to get to $1,000. You have 525, so you can still do it. So the games you gave me this week, you got Bills at Bears, you gave me the over-under 41.5 points. Seahawks, Chiefs, Chiefs favored at 9.5. You got Packers at Dolphins, Dolphins are 4.5-point favorites. Raiders at Steelers, Steelers, you got 2.5-point favorites. And the free prop bet, the free $25 prop bet you give me every week. Well, the four Norsemen, the aforementioned Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, and T.J. Hawkinson, is their over-under for combined receiving yards 250. Drew, I'm going to go big or I'm going to go home. That a boy. That's what I like to see. The Dolphins are 4.5-point favorites. Right. The Packers stink and I hate them. <laughs> this is an emotional bet. Probably not one founded in logic in any way, shape, or form. But I am picking the Miami Dolphins to cover, and I'm betting $450. You're going to win that. Make it $475. Because if I get $475, then I'm at 1000 And then for my free prop bet, I'm going to pick, I think it's going to be over. Okay. All right, so that'll do it for episode 84. From us to you, to everybody out there, have a very, very Merry Christmas. Again, we will not be on for our live post-game show because it's Christmas Eve, you filthy animals. we got stuff we got to do. But we will be back next week with our studio show and our live post-game show. This year, I am thankful for you, Drew. I'm thankful for you, Ruby. I'm thankful to all the folks that are subscribing and watching our show and commenting. I couldn't think of a better way that this year has unfolded for this show. And, and I can't wait to see what the next two, three, five, 10, 20, whatever, however long we're going to do this. But I, I plan on doing it for a while because I just have an absolute blast doing this every week. But for now, we will try to do better the next time. Drew, Ruby, Merry Christmas and Drewster, take us home. Ted, Merry Christmas to you and all the Glovers and the family. Thank you for hosting the show. And the best thing that's happened in the last couple of years is you accepting when I said, hey, Ted, you want to do this show? And you said, yeah, what are we going to do? I said, I have no idea. And you said, I'm in that. <laughs> then I'm in. You're like Theo opening the vault. Speaking of which, we just lost Theo three weeks ago. The actor that played him, really? Clarence Gilliard passed away November Aww. 28th, who played Theo. Aww. We want to give a shout out to him since we're doing Die Hard tonight, Theo. And the late, great Alan Rickman. And the late, great Alan Rickman. We roll on with episode 84. We put a big bow on it. Enjoy your Vikings game tomorrow. We won't be on for a post-game show, but we'll be with you in spirit. The Vikings are going to win. They're going to get you psyched up, and we're going to 12-3. and three. So skull, everybody, and say goodnight, Ted. Goodnight, Ted. <laughs>